We are in a new series called The Art of Family, and uh, this is a three-week series, and today we're going to be talking about family at home, how many people know that there's an art to it, and then next week we're going to be talking about family at church. I um, seriously want to invite everybody to come back and be with us next week as we celebrate our 19th anniversary. <laughs> we weren't sure we'd make it 19 weeks, were we, let alone 19 years. So, uh, but um, I just, um, I really want to invite you to be here. It's going to be a very special time. We're going to be talking about family at church. And, um, and Brother Tim just came and gave me a word that really confirms some things in my heart. You know, through the years, there have been many prophetic words that have been declared over many of our lives, but over this house. And, um, and we've seen so many things come to pass. It's been such a wonderful, wonderful uh, experience. But, um, but, you know, God's not done yet. And God still has some amazing things that he wants to do. And, and Tim uh, shared with me just a word about how God drawing us into his throne room to have a corporate anointing. And that just bears witness that there's some things that God is doing. I'm just telling you, if you missed a throne room this morning, man, it was an amazing time. An impartation from Pastor Corey over, the, over just fathers and families and um, I just believe God's got something special in store for us, and we'll, uh, we want to invite you to, um, to be a, a part of it this, uh, this next, uh, next Sunday. Amen? Okay. Today, I want to um, actually touch on the first two topics that we mentioned, okay? The, the family of God, okay, talking about the, uh, the, the, the family uh, of God around the world, and then um, I, I, let me just start like this, first of all, saying, I love family, I love my family. I love you, Yvette. Thanks for letting us have a family. I love your family. And uh, I, I love families. But I've got to tell you more and more and more through the years, I love the family of God. I know, I know, I know it's appropriate for everybody to take pot shots at the church and all that kind of stuff. But can I tell you that in my opinion... There is nothing more beautiful, there is nothing more wonderful, there's nothing that, that does more good, that promotes more hope, that shares more love, that cares for more hurting people than the body of Christ around the world. <laughs> God's church. Hey, we got faults, we got, we're part of it, right? So we got faults. Can I tell you, there are amazing people in amazing places that are doing amazing things for God. And I am, man, I've got a whole lot I could say about that. But 365, 24 7, 365, I'm telling you, the body of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ is making an impact, is sharing the love of God, is building the kingdom of God in the midst of uh, wonderful times. But it seems like lately, in the midst of very difficult, in the midst of very hard, in the midst of very dangerous situations. There are beautiful people, and can I tell you this? There are brothers, our brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, that are laying down their lives. I'm not talking hypothetically, I'm not talking spiritually, I'm talking that they are genuinely day in and day out, laying down their lives. 
uh, Wade Aaron, a friend of the church here, he came and did some ministry, taught some of us about some evangelism a couple of years ago, shared a video. Um, and in that video, he said, you know, that in Afghanistan, we know what's been going on over there, that there are Christians are being hunted down, literally hunted down. So a number of the Christians, they decided, they said, instead of waiting, hiding in a room, waiting to be found out, we're going to go and we're going to go door to door and we're going to knock on our neighbor's door and we're going to tell them about Jesus. And yeah, we know we're going to be found out and yeah, we know we're going to be martyred, but I'd rather be martyred and for people to know about Jesus and for people to not know. Can I tell you, we are part of an amazing family. And I can't wait. One of the joys, one of the incredible things of heaven, of eternity will be. I don't know what, what you're thinking. It's going to be maybe floating around on a harp, you know, on a cloud playing a harp or something. But can I tell you, when we hear the stories of people that have laid down their lives... When we've heard the stories of people who said that in the midst of persecution go, it was the least I could do to give my life so somebody else could know Jesus Christ. I've got to tell you, I am proud. I am proud to be part of God's family. We have got amazing people around the world. Even, even Brother Barry, wasn't it great? It doesn't seem fair. And anybody can say anything with an English accent, right? And all of a sudden, it's startling. It's amazing, right? It's a fresh revelation. You know, Brother Barry um, came here, and he shared his heart with us Sunday and Wednesday. And now, you know, going back home, uh, someone stole his passport, and he's stranded right now in Spain. And uh, stranded in Spain? Come on. <laughs> He's not, hopefully he's not out there on the beach or Riviera or whatever they've got there. <laughs> but, but he is suffering. He's going through a difficult situation. Uh, we've got people all around us, all over the world. I mean, I just, I, I, anyhow, I want us to do something this morning, all right? Can we just take a moment? Can we just pray? Can we pray for the body of Christ? Can we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world? Some of you, I know that uh, some of you are here from schools and other places, and you've got home churches. And listen, we've got a beautiful body of Christ in, in our community. We are so blessed. We've got great men of God and women of God and churches and, and people who love Jesus. We're just blessed. We're blessed. Um, Yvette and I got to be in a church last week. Man, it was just to see this, this church, just to see their joy and their passion and, and serving Jesus. And listen, I'm just telling you, things are a little different up north than they are down here. Hallelujah. Uh, anybody thankful for Texas? Woo, praise the Lord. Yeah. So, but I want us to just take a moment, and I want us to, um, to pray one for another, to pray for the body of Christ. Is that all right? Okay. Why don't you do this? Why don't you just reach over, if you're comfortable with this, just take the hand of the person beside you. And, and I do, I want us to pray this morning. I want us to pray. I want us to pray for brothers and sisters, men and women of God, boys and girls around the world. God, we are so thankful. We're so thankful to you, Jesus. We're so thankful that you've made a way for us to be your sons and your daughters, to be your children. You said that when we accept Jesus, you give us the power to be your sons, to be your family. God, we are honored today. We are honored 
to be brothers and sisters with those around the world. Every color, every tribe, every language, God, there's a witness of your presence. There's, a, there's an acknowledgement of your lordship, Jesus. And God, we say thank you. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, for those today that are, that are thriving and flourishing. And God, thank you today. God, for those that are suffering, God, those that are, God, they're in very difficult, life-challenging, and, and even situations where daily, God, they're being martyred. They're pouring out their lives. And God, right now, we ask on behalf of our brothers and sisters, God, that you would protect them, that you would infuse. Come on, church, would you pray like it's up to you today? We pray, God, that you would just infuse them, God with a fresh anointing of your spirit, just a fresh awareness of your presence, oh God. We pray for the body of Christ. We pray for the church. We pray, God, for the family of God around, uh, God, around Tyler, around East Texas, around Texas and America, and around the world, oh God. We pray, oh God, that the name of Jesus would be made famous in every person. That God, in life and in death, oh God, you would receive glory. God, that you would be worshiped, that you would be exalted. And Father, we pray today for the work of the kingdom of God around the world. We pray, God, in the darkest corners may people hear the gospel and be saved. We pray, God, in the most demon-possessed, in the most dark places, God, that the light of the gospel of Jesus would shine and that people would be brought, God, into the light, out of death, out of bondage, out of, God, just hardship, God, into life, life everlasting, into the fullness of your presence, God. God, we thank you for this today. We thank you for being our Father, being our God. We thank you for your family. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Would you just join me? Let's give the body of Christ a hand this morning. I thank you for your family. Thank you for your family. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. And let's let, let this just be something we do at church. Can I encourage you to pray? Pray for your, uh, your family around the world. No matter uh, where they're at, just ask the Lord, who do you want me to pray for today? He might surprise you. He might say, oh, pray for somebody in Israel or pray for somebody in Africa or pray for somebody in, in Afghanistan or pray for somebody right there in your neighborhood. Amen? Amen. All right, point two. Here we go. Family at home. Family at home. Uh, first and foremost, I would just like to remind us that family is God's idea and that family is the foundation upon which everything else in the world is built. Okay? Government is built on family. Okay? Church is built on family. God loves family. It's his idea. Even when the original, God's original plan for family got broken and messed up. You all have heard that story, Adam and Eve and the whole uh, garden thing, right? You know, 
You see, God said, hey, let's have these two people that are going to be really, really love my presence, enjoy me. They're going to come together, share this wonderful, loving, romantic, uh, exciting relationship. And uh, out of that, they're going to have children, have offspring. Everybody know how that works? It's a whole different story, but we'll, I mean, we could preach about that sometime, okay? And God said, I'm going to, this is going to be family, and, and out of family, it's going to impact the world. Well, that story, that plan of God got, God's got broken, you know, really, God had an option. He could have just said, oh, messed up, wipe it out, let's start over. You know, God had that ability. But that's not what he did. When, when family got broken, God expanded his heart. And when his heart got broken, God expanded his heart and his plan to include every family of every kind for all time. And that includes your family and mine. Anybody thankful for that today? I sure am. I, uh, I'm glad that God didn't give up on family. And uh, just as a word from the Lord for you today, I'm telling you, God hasn't given up on your family. No matter what's going on in your family, no matter where that son's at, no matter where that daughter's at, no matter where those parents are, no matter what situation is going on, I'm telling you today, God has not given up on your family. Amen? Now, I'm telling you, nothing in the world is more beautiful than family when it's done right. And nothing hurts worse than when family's messed up, when it's broken. And in the midst of it, I'm telling you, God still has a purpose and a plan for family. You see, God's original plan for family was that it would be, um, it'd be something different. It'd be something special. Here's a few things that I think family was created for. One of them is sanctuary. Family, you know, I know we get this convoluted idea that we come to church to experience the presence of God, but, but I contend that what we really do is we come together to participate in what we've already been privately practicing, and that is experiencing the presence of God day in and day out in our families. So families to be a sanctuary. Family exists to bless individuals, okay, I know that's not always the case, but can I tell you, a lot of blessing goes on of, of individuals within families to bless husbands, bless wives, bless moms, dads, boys, girls, sons, daughters. God's intention in families to bless individuals. God's original purpose included for the family to be a living picture of his love and of his care, his goodness to all people. God wanted to point to families and say, this is who I am and this is what I can do for you. God intended for family to be a safe place to grow, to grow together as family, but to grow as individuals and to the full purpose that God has for every one of us. God desired for family to be a place of relationship, all the good of relationship and of intimacy. Intimacy, a place, not just a sexual intimacy, but intimacy where we can lay our hearts open God intended for it to be a safe place for, for, for us to be able to, to discover who he created us to be and how he wired us. And, and God intended for family to be a place of health and continually increasing life. Unfortunately, we know that many times 
That doesn't happen. And, and, and then in response to that, what happens is, is I think family gets, um, it gets boiled down. And what we say is, well, we just need this, um, we just need this list of to-dos. If we'll just do these right things. And I, I appreciate it in the, in the throne room this morning. Uh, somebody, Corey, or somebody said, hey, family's not, relationship's not just a list of to-dos. And that's not what we're about today, okay? I think sometimes we say, if I can just have some type of a, of a formula, then family will work or best practices or just give me 10 steps, I'll check the boxes, and family will be okay. Now, I'm telling you that that's not how it works. So today, I want to share a few thoughts, not just a to-do list, but thoughts that you can ask the Holy Spirit about and see if they may prompt some questions that will, or maybe even some ideas about your specific family, because God has specific things for every specific family here today. Amen? God knows who you are, and God cares about where you're at. So um, first thing I want to say to families, families, if you're about the work of family, if you're about the work of family as a, as a single person or as a, a blended family or as just a, a, whatever your family looks like, whatever your family constitutes, I want to tell you today that you, according to God, and in my opinion, you are a hero. I mean that. You are a hero. You are doing a great work. Committing yourself to the work of family, committing yourself to being a godly man or a woman, a godly husband, a godly wife, having a godly marriage, having building a godly family. I'm telling you, that is an amazing work, and it may be the most important thing that you will ever do. I'm serious about this. I, wanna, I just want um, to let you know that, that as you invest yourself in family, you're, you're investing yourself in God's primary okay, concern. Fathers, you heard it spoken over you today, okay? carrying the spirit of fatherhood. It's a primary calling for each and for every one of us. It's the most valuable thing that you'll ever have the opportunity to invest yourself in. Now, I know we all have to do stuff. I know we have to go and, and, and we go to jobs. But can I tell you, we go to jobs to make a living, but we have families to make a life. And so it is a horrible trade to trade in your relationship with your family for a job that you could lose. I mean, has everybody ever heard about anybody losing a job? Maybe, maybe you're, you know, the job changes or you change or um, maybe, you know, the, the, you get downsized or, or maybe something. I know this is going to be unthinkable, but maybe a global pandemic could happen and that might change what's going on in the job situations, right? And, and you lose your job. I'm telling you, it's not worth losing your family for. It really, it really isn't. I heard somebody say this. I thought this was a pretty amazing statement said, one day you'll be sitting at home with the family you invested in without the family you wish you had invested in. Want to hear it again? One day you'll be sitting at home with the family you invested in or without the family you wish you had invested in. I'm telling you, those of you who are focusing on family, you're heroes in my sight, and you are heroes in God's sight, and I can prove it. Okay? So, in Hebrews chapter 11... In Hebrews chapter 11, everybody know Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, uh, the hall of fame of faith, right? And all these amazing people that have done amazing things, God says, man, what about these incredible people of faith? 
How many people would like to have their name in the Hall of Fame of Faith, right? I, I would like to have my name there. Well, listen to this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, moved with godly fear. And what did he do? He prepared an ark for the saving of his household. He prepared it. What did he do? Yeah, he heard God. He obeyed God. But you know what his main, a big concern was? I got to save my household. He was thinking of his family. And can I say this? Folks, if there's anything that you're going to focus on as parents, if there's anything that you're going to focus on as, as, as influence within your family, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, grandparents, if it, it's leading people to know Jesus Christ within your family. Parents, the highest work, one of the highest things you can ever do is to lead your children into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, that's, that's a high calling. Don't miss it. Don't miss it it's for perfect attendance at, at all what are the other things, okay? Hebrews 11, chapter 23 says this. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Now, we know, all know that all of our parents thought that, right? They just looked down there and thought, <laughs> That's, look, this is a beautiful child. Go ahead and turn to somebody beside you say, they're, they're talking about me right there. My parents looked and said I was a beautiful. How many people here were really beautiful children? Right? How many people say, thank God I've outgrown childhood? Okay, so, uh, right, right. But, but look, look what goes on. It says in, um, that Moses' parents... They hid him for three months. They protected him for three months. Why? Because they valued him. Even in the midst of, of oppression, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of the threat of death, they, they took on the responsibility to protect their child. They stood against the threats of the king. I'm treading lightly here, all right? They stood against the threats of the government, all right? And they said, we will do what's right in God's sight for the benefit of our family, no matter what anyone else says. They protected their child. They protected their child. I'm telling you, if you're about the work of protecting your children and protecting your family, you are doing a great, great work. Hebrews 11.31 goes on and says, this is by faith, the harlot, the prostitute, Rahab, did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Don't you love the Bible? It just puts it kind of right out there, doesn't it? Here's this woman that we wouldn't even talk about in normal vocabulary, but the Bible's saying that this woman, Rahab, this prostitute, is in the hall of fame of faith. But why? Why? Joshua chapter 2 gives us this, it says, uh, the spies, you know, Joshua had sent spies into the land of Jericho, and the spies go, and then they, um, they're found out, the king's trying to get them, wants to kill the spies. The spies go to Rahab, Rahab uh, says, will you help us, will you save us? And, and so here's the dialogue, here's the exchange that goes on between Rahab and the spies. It says this, now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father house and give me a true token. Spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. 
I love the audacity of this woman who probably was ashamed to show her face in public because of how she lived her lives. But when it came the opportunity to preserve and to protect and to stand up on behalf of her family, she stands in front of these spies and says, listen, I'll help you. I'll help you be uh, hidden from the king. I'll help you. But you know what? You can't forget about me, and you can't forget about my family, and you can't forget about my parents and my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. Hey, can I tell you, family goes a lot further than just, uh, just those that live in our house, right? They cared. They cared. And I love the end of the story in Joshua chapter 6. It says, and Joshua spared Rahab the harlot her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in the land to this day because she hid the messengers who Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. He said, because this woman valued her family, she risked her life. Can I tell you, when you risk your life pouring out for your family, now I know there's some people sitting here today saying, wait a minute, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm not, you know. Can I tell you, this is one of those messages where you need to kind of file it away. You need to take good notes. Because one of these days, you're going to be in this situation. Or you're going to be talking to somebody who's already in this situation. You're going to be able to be able to help them. Right? I, I really believe this. And so we see here that because, because she did, she took on the responsibility of caring about those that went beyond just her own personal being. God blessed her. Does anybody else know the rest of the story about Rahab? If you read over in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, we won't go there today, but you know what you'll read? You'll read the lineage, and you'll start reading things like so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and then they had kids, and they had kids, and you'll read where it says something like this. It says, and um, Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. Rahab was Boaz's mom, and Boaz, okay, uh, married Ruth, and Ruth had a child named Jesse, and Jesse had a child named David. Anybody ever heard of King David? Okay, King David's great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother was what? She was Rahab. And can I tell you what, if you carry that lineage on down a little further, do you know that Jesus was part of that same lineage? Why? Because Rahab cared about her family. Folks, I am telling you that lineage counts. And for some of us, the greatest contribution in life may not be something that you do. It may be somebody that you raise. Folks, grandparents, can I tell you? What's that? Say it again. Okay, that for the greatest contribution in life may not be something you do. It may be someone you raise. For some... For some, your grandchildren may be your greatest contribution that you'll ever make. Amen? When it comes to parenting, when it comes to parenting, I, I heard this, I borrowed this statement. It says, when it, come to parenting, uh, when it comes to parenting, we need to keep in mind that the days are short. The days are long. The days are long, but the seasons are short. Any mom here ever had a long day? Any mom here ever not had a long day, <laughs> right? Man, I am amazed. There's always something. There's always pick it up, pick it up again, pick it up again, right? <laughs> change it, change it, change it again, right? How do those things keep getting messy, right? I mean, just right. Okay, the days are long, but the seasons are short. And so, parents, I want to tell you, it's easy. Stick with me. 
It's easy to get into a mindset of says, man, I can't wait till they grow out of the, the crawling baby stage and then they become able to walk on their own. I can't wait till they get out of the baby walking stage until they can go and get their own milk out of it. I, I can't wait until they do this, and I can't wait. And we can spend our lives wishing away the greatest assignment that we may ever have, caring for those children. So we need to parent. Here's just a few thoughts about parenting. Number one, parent proactively. What is God's purpose? Find out what is God's purpose for your family. I mean this. Do you have a mission statement, a purpose statement? And if you're a single person, do you have a mission statement, a purpose statement for your life? What is it that God wants you to be? What kind of family are you going to be? Can I tell you that we, you know, back when I was a youth pastor, one of the things I used to teach our teenagers was, listen, you don't decide whether or not you're going to have sex when you already get into the back seat of the car, right? You know, you make those decisions beforehand of what kind of person you're going to be, Right? You know, right? Well, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't make a decision about what kind of your person you're going to be when you get into the heat of the moment or the press is on. You make those decisions beforehand. And can I tell you that when it comes to being families, families of God, that you make those decisions beforehand. You say, God, who is it you want us to be? And no matter what kind of pressure comes, that's the family we're going to be. Amen? So we get into agreement about this. We get into agreement about this with our husbands and our wives, and we bring our, our kids into agreement about this because a house divided will not stand. And can I say that once we've discovered our purpose, we stay consistent. Consistency breeds security. Families, I love y'all. I love families, right? I've said this. But can I tell you that being inconsistent in your life, being inconsistent in your work, being inconsistent in your discipline, being inconsistent in your church attendance, it breeds, it breeds insecurity and it breeds confusion in the lives of your children. Be consistent. Secondly, being consistent reduces conflict. Can I tell you that if you're consistent about you go, when you, we're going into the store today, okay? We're going into the store today. Today, we're not buying any toys, okay? Today, we're not buying any toys. I mean, I know this is a hard concept, to get, but you don't have to buy something for your kids every time you go into a store, amen? But you know what? It reduces conflict. We just know what we're going for, what we're doing. And if you'll stay consistent, I promise you that it will increase love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost in your home, Amen? Second thing is make marriage a priority. Make marriage a priority, okay? One of these days, your kids are going to leave, hopefully. And, uh, <laughs> right? One of these days, they're going to leave. But I can tell you this, what? With God willing, your spouse will still be there. Amen? And your kids won't come and sit in the chair beside you and hold your hand and watch Wheel of Fortune like your wife will. Amen? So... Come on, I know that speaks to Miss Jordan than just me and Yvette, right? Make your marriage a priority. Kids learn by seeing, okay? Show your love. Show your love to them. Uh, the other day, Dawson, our youngest grandchild, was over at the house, and we were doing something and playing something. And next thing I know, he was mimicking it. They're always watching. The eyes are the window to the soul. It's shaping. How you live is shaping their lives. Amen? So, so live by showing your love. Be kind to each other. Be kind 
right? Be kind. We want kind children, compassionate children, okay? Apologize openly. You know what I've found out through the years of counseling with people? They'll fight in public and apologize in private. Can I tell you, maybe it's better to fight in private and apologize in public. Maybe let your kids see you apologize to your spouse and, hey, mom and I had words and I'm just apologizing to her. And I'm not saying one of those apologies like, I'm so sorry your mother didn't teach you how to cook. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about real apologies, okay? So I borrowed this statement from Andy Stanley. He said this, he said, This means if you're going to make your marriage a priority, it means making your marriage a priority on your calendar, not just in your heart. Make it a priority in your calendar. Somebody looked at your calendar. Would your marriage, would your family be a priority or would all they see is just the meetings and the obligations and the things you've got to do? Okay? And listen, I know it's going to look different at every season. We don't have time to go into this. Some seasons, you're going to only get a few minutes together. Date night's going to be going in the other room for 10 minutes, right? Some seasons, you get to go out and you can hire a babysitter. Okay, but the Holy Spirit will help you figure out those seasons. Next thing I want to encourage everybody is practice servant leadership. Practice, listen, write this down. Those of you that are taking notes, write it down, okay? Everybody else, write it down. Um, okay, practice servant leadership. And if I could sum this up, the basic way I would say this is become a student of the people that you're in relationship with. Okay, become a student of those people. Let's be people who seek to understand before we seek to be understood, okay? Let's let's say, what is it that makes them tick? Proverbs chapter 22 talks about, uh, verse 6 says, train up a child according to their bent and the way that they should go. Well, how are we going to train up in the way that they should go if we don't even know the way they should go? So we need to pray. We need to pray for, revel- uh, for, we, for revelation from God. I was uh, meeting with a couple a couple of weeks ago, doing some pre-marriage counseling with them, and I told them, I said, you know what? You get to have one of the greatest experiences of life. I'm so thrilled for you because just like I get to get a PhD in Yvette, okay? That's my wife right here, okay? I get to spend my whole life studying and trying to understand and asking God for wisdom from on high because Lord knows that's the way, only way it's going to happen, right? But we get to study. We get to study each other. I get to know what makes her tick and what makes her happy and what upsets her and discourages her and what her love language is and what her, that when, when she's not feeling great and when she, you know, I mean, we get to do that. We get to do that in relationships. So be proactive. Don't, don't try to cookie cutter your, chi- your kids. They're too valuable for that. Okay? Pour yourself into understanding them into understanding them. And uh, I just had another statement here. I don't want to get it. Well, let me, let me say this uh, just about discipline real quick, okay? Um, is anybody here ever disciplined out of frustration? Can I tell you that, that just, just the, take this thought, okay? Always discipline with the goal of preserving your relationship, not your reputation. You know? Always preserve, okay, always discipline with the goal of preserving your relationship, not your reputation. I've got to tell you, truth of the matter is, I really don't care what the people in the grocery store think, okay? When I take my grandkids into Walmart, I still don't care what the people think, okay? Hey, if we got a, we got a full court ball game going on, I mean, they just need to move out of the way, you know? So, 
right? I, I don't, why do we care so much what others think? And, in this, and we, we just, we crush the spirits of those that we love to preserve our own self-image. Uh, I'm telling you, we need to care about preserving relationships. I, I will tell you that one of my goals in life, okay, I'm, Yvette can validate this, okay, the highest goal in my life has been, one of the highest goals in my life has always been to be sure that those who know me the best love and respect me the most. Okay? Why would we, want, why would we try to please all these other people and forsake our families? It just doesn't make sense. So I want to encourage you. Um, I want to encourage you. Pour yourself into your family. Amen? And then the, uh, um, the final thing I would just say in parenting is um, pray together. Pray together at every stage in life. And I, w- I want to do that this morning. I want us to pray. Does, does that bear witness? Pray together. Okay. Pray. Pray over your children. We started praying over our children when they were yet in the womb. Laying hands and praying and singing songs and reading scripture to them and and continue that through the years. And I'm just saying, one of the greatest things we can do is we can pray. We can pray for our families, pray for our spouses, pray for our children. Grandparents, pray for your children. You have a patriarchal authority that, um, that is more powerful than you know. Pray for your children. And, and I, I just want to pray over families today. I, I know families can be tough, but can I tell you that the most beautiful thing in the world can be a family that's living for Jesus Christ when the blessing of God and the presence of God is, is on you and filling your life. And, and then you know what happens? Then we become, we, home becomes a base and we send our children out as missionaries into school systems and to college campuses. And we send our spouse out as a missionary into a, into a workplace, into a dark world. We send the light out. And then they come home to get recharged and to be accepted and affirmed and valued and loved and send them out to do it again. Amen? Amen? I I hate the thought that what we're sending out from so many Christian homes is we're sending out people that are saying, thank God, I'm out of my house. I don't have to deal with the stress and the tension and the the pressure. That's that's not the way God wants it. It's not the way that it has to be. Are you glad to be part of God's family today? Are you thankful for your family today? Hallelujah. We've prayed over it earlier, okay? But wherever there's hurt, wherever there's pain, if there's pain, hurt, if your family isn't really where it needs to be and not being what God wants it to be, can I tell you that the best time to start would be right here today? Let's make a decision and say, God, we're going to be who you want us to be. We're going to live how you want us to live so we can accomplish all you want us to accomplish. Amen? And I believe God wants to do that. I believe God wants to do that. If that's what you want for your family today, Listen, I want to just ask you, would you just stretch your hands out like this and just say, God, you know me, you know my family, you know my past, you know my present, and God, you know my future. And so God, I ask you to just come in and to fill me with your goodness, with your might, with your power, with your presence, Holy Spirit. God, right now, we submit our lives and our families to you. 
We want our families to be what you originally purposed, to be a sanctuary, a place where your presence would be experienced. We want our families to be a safe place, a healthy place, a life-giving place, a place, God, where your presence is known and your purpose is fulfilled. We know that it only takes place by your power, Holy Spirit, so we welcome you now to flood us and to fill us. God, take our lives, take our families. God, use them. Heal the hurt. Come on, say it with me. Heal the hurts. Heal the wounds. Repair, God, where there's broken relationships, where there's breaches, God, where there's pain, where there's been, where there's been a failure, God. You are God of miraculous restoration. God, do a work that only you can do. God, redeem the past. God, make it a testimony that transforms the future. God, we say do that today by your spirit. Do it in the name of Jesus Christ and do it, oh God, for your glory today. God, I declare that, I decree that, Lord, over every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here in this place, that's watching online today. God, I say that this is a work that is done, God, and that will be lived out for your glory every day from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.